And welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where I study being social by being social. Today's episode is brought to you by Off the Wall Student Responses. Oh my gosh, you guys are coming through. You're coming through with the emails and I'm loving getting them. Quick shout out to Rhonda from the Tacoma Shows. Rhonda, you might have a drinking problem, but that's okay. <laughs> you were just so excited during the show and it was a pleasure watching you laugh and making you laugh and laughing with you. So thanks for coming to the show. The Tacoma shows this weekend were off the wall. Love them, mainly because for the first time in a very long time, I was able to do a show and sleep in my own bed. Holy hell. That was a treat. Let me tell you, getting able to do the show, drive home, sleep in my own peaceful slumber chamber. It's great. Got more shows coming up. Get your tickets. Make sure you do. I started posting uh, some clips of my stand-up on the social media. They've been performing very well, so the tickets have been flying. So I'm going to tell you what. If you want to come to the show, make sure you get your tickets. I'm off for two weeks, taking a little family vacay, which I desperately need a vacation. And um, we are going to... The Outer Banks of North Carolina. Cannot wait for that. Gonna just be on the beach doing absolutely nothing, reading books and drinking probably water. Anyway, after that, these are the cities that I'm coming to. October 7th, 8th, and 9th, I'm in San Diego. October 12th, San Antonio. 13th, Houston. 14th, Dallas. 15th and 16th, San Francisco. Then we got some time off. Okay, announcing a new show. I'm going to tell you here for the first time, tickets are not available yet. They are not available yet. So they will be very soon. So you're going to want to keep those fingers ready because this is a city that I get requested. There's a handful. There's okay. There's about four cities that get requested at an astronomical rate. We were able to fit one of those cities in before the new year. So November 5th and 6th, I will be coming to... Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. We're coming to Nashville. I cannot wait. Stay very closely tuned. Those tickets are coming out soon. Again, if you're a Patreon member, you get access to tickets first. So keep that in mind. Um, you can become a Patreon member, support the podcast, and get perks like that at patreon.com slash Jodombrowski, patreon.com slash Jodombrowski, patreon.com slash Jodombrowski. And those tickets are going to fly. Just letting you know. After Nashville, November 10th, I'm in Irvine, the 11th, San Jose, the 12th and 13th, Tempe, Arizona. Then I got some time off and I will be in another city that's yet to be announced. I'm going to save that one for a little bit. It's coming to you real soon. Before we get into the emails, I want to say one thing. I think you guys understand that I have a full-blown flare pen addiction. Like literally, I am addicted to flare pens. I almost exclusively write with flare pens. The only thing I don't do is sign checks in flare pen because I feel like that's not professional. But they're my number one pen. I grade with them all the time. And did Papermate recently reach out to me? They did. I currently own every single color of flare pen that's ever existed. My heart is just unbelievably full 
But not only that, they gave me two of every flare pen that's ever existed. One for me and one for you. I'm giving away a full flare pen package. All you got to do is screenshot this episode of the podcast, put it on your Instagram story and tag me. Just tag me, Mr. D times three. Say something about the podcast, why you like listening. I'm going to pick one winner for next week and I'm going to mail you every single flare pen that's ever existed. You're going to have the full package. I love these things. You're going to love them too. This is also not sponsored, by the way. I literally just did this because I'm obsessed with flare pens. I'm only bringing you guys stuff that I love. Flare pens gets me fully aroused. And you can be too. Take a screenshot of the episode, put it on your Instagram story, tag me. One of you is going to get it. And I'm going to tell you what, the key to this is to make me laugh. If you guys can make me laugh, (laughs) you got a higher chance. Just saying. All right, let's get into some of these emails, shall we? I asked you guys on Instagram to email me just off-the-wall, wild student responses that you've had in your classrooms in the past. You did not disappoint. Let's get into them. Dear Joe, love the podcast. I currently teach second grade and have a crazy student response for you. The other day, I asked my students what kind of pet they would want to have if they could have any pet that they wanted. One student replied that he would want five piranhas. That's very specific. He knew he wanted five of them. Good for him. He then went on to explain how he would go look for dead people. God knows where he thought that he would go to do this, to feed them to the said piranhas. In response to the shocked and horrified look from some of his classmates, he emphasized that the people would already be dead. It's not like he was going to kill them. So apparently that makes this all fine now. I was at a loss for an appropriate response and just said, well, now that we're all going to have nightmares tonight and moved on to the next student. Again, I love you. I love your podcast. I had a blast at your Omaha show. Thank you for the laughs. Oh my word. I don't know what it is. Okay, you guys, you might not know this, but kids are alarmingly sadistic. It is very, very common for kids to be obsessed with death. I don't understand it. Every year, something like this has happened to me. If you go back to listen to the St. Patrick's Day episode, I scared the hell out of my students with a leprechaun voice. You might know that already. And when I asked them for ideas to like get, you know, because it's very common in elementary school to do this, how to catch a leprechaun activity where you create a leprechaun trap. Like you give the kids a bunch of recycled bullshit scraps and they have to design a a, a friggin' bear claw trap. Like it's, it's, I don't know, not, not the best. I had kids literally tell me, a kid straight up said that he wanted to take the leprechaun and trap him in a closet full of knives. That should be a red flag. I, I wanted to call the counselor and be like, do you have time for at least a one hour session with this one? Because pretty sure we have, you know, the next Jeffrey Dahmer sitting in my classroom right now. And then again, last year, these COVID kids, I'm calling them COVID kids. Like if you were between the ages of two and nine, 
you are a COVID kid. Your youth has been tainted. You have a very skewed perception of your childhood or the rest of your life. Now, these COVID kids are just, the things that they come up with are just deeper. They are very, very emotional, these COVID kids. And they have hashtag no filter because they they missed out on very essential socialization that just like didn't happen for almost two years of their lives, all right? Kindergarten, teaching kindergarten last year was truly psychotic because they didn't really know the difference. Like they they actually didn't know the difference at all. Like even the kids who went to preschool before kindergarten, which quick pause to say, send your kids to preschool because we don't need any more pant shitting, teacher hitting, poor sport, crayon eating, snack throwing, rabid children in kindergarten. But I digress. They didn't know that like, even if they went to preschool, they still had to do it like fully masked most or virtual or smaller and socially distant, right? Which is not ideal. And then they came to kindergarten. And they're just like, oh, this is what school is. No, this is not what school is. This is what school is right now. And they all have a lot of understanding of the coronavirus, which my class last year called it the Ramona virus, which I thought was very cute. I never corrected them. Um, we love the Ramona virus. No, we actually don't love the Ramona virus. We just love that they called it that. Anyway, one day at recess, they were, I like was looking out at my classroom and I saw they were all hovered over this rock. And... I was like, something is happening here. I don't know what it is. And then a couple kids came in and they're like, Mr. D, you have to come here. You have to come here. And I like, I was like, okay, I'll be there in a minute. Now, when buffoonery is happening in my classroom, my go-to move is like to be a sneaky, stealthy little, I don't know, lynx probably, right? And I will make sure that they can't see me. And I will sneaky, 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 get as close to the situation as I can so that I can fully understand what's going on. Why do I do this? Okay. It's not because, you know, I'm a sneaky person. It's because everything that they say is 100% a lie. None of it's true. So if they were up to some bibbidi-bobbidi bullshit, they would for sure lie to my face about it. So I have to make sure that I see, hear, and sense whatever it is that they're doing, because I need to know with my own eyes what happened. How many times have you guys, okay, this happened, this is, this happens literally every single year. Something will happen in the classroom that you didn't fully catch, right? And then the kid is just lying to your face about what happened. And you know, it's a lie. But even in your head, you're like, oh shit, did I actually see that? Like you're now second guessing your own eyes because kids can lie that great. That is not good. That's not good. So that's why I play Nancy Drew slash Carmen Sandiego slash Harriet the Spy every single day because I have to know what was happening. So anyway, they're hovered over this rock and there's one student standing up and she was like my 
like Captain Distraction, always out to lunch, never with us. Once told me that she has two pet bald eagles named Fluffy and the other one like that. And we weren't even talking about bald eagles, right? Like that's this girl. She's the only one standing. The rest of the kids are sitting around the rock and she's standing up with like her hands out. Kind of looking like Jesus without the cross. That was a lot, but you needed the, the description. Okay, that's how she's standing. And I get closer and closer and closer, and I hear her little voice, and she's just singing, Alleluia, Alleluia. And then it hit me. They were playing funeral for the second time. I had talked to them about playing funeral. Not that it was bad. Not that that's wrong. But just, you know, we have some students in the school who have lost relatives due to, <laughs> due to the COVID. Not probably the best thing to be playing. We don't need to bring up other people's trauma because you decided that the game you're playing is funeral. So I asked, I was like, what are you guys doing? They were actually pretty honest. They're like, we're playing funeral. But what alarmed me is that they had the whole situation mapped out. They told me that a student who was in our class named Timmy, never had a Timmy, never once had a Timmy. I've actually never had a Timmy in my entire career. They told me that Timmy passed away from the coronavirus and that they needed to have his funeral right now. I was like, okay, you know what? Can you all go do normal things like hopscotch, jump rope, My Little Pony? The fact that they had a backstory to the death of an imaginary student who was in our classroom, I guess this is why we need. Okay, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. This is unrealistic. It will never happen. Education, elementary education will only be successful, I guess. I'm, the word I'm not looking for is successful. I'm looking for a different word. Fill, help me out. It will only be fill in the blank. When we have one social worker or counselor per grade in every building, that it's like that specific. And it's also unrealistic, too, to have like one social worker or one counselor for kindergarten through fifth grade or sixth grade and expect them to just be great at all of that. Those ages, are they change so quickly from grade to grade to grade. And we need one person to be an expert on all of that. Like, no. Get a social worker or a counselor per grade in every building. It's unbelievably important. And we're not doing that. We're doing a disservice to our students in this country. Can we maybe, maybe, just going to go out on a limb and say, maybe we don't need people to go recreationally to space. Just my two cents. Maybe we should invest in the youth of America who will eventually be the decision makers in this country. But you know what? I digress. We're going to get into another one in just a minute. But before that, I have a little something for you. Okay, one more thing before we get into the next one. This isn't the first time that kids have done weird things at the playground, too. When I was teaching fifth grade, we had a very... We'll use the word creative. I do not mean creative. A very creative class of kindergartners who invented this game on the playground. None of us knew what was going on, okay? But we would watch them on the playground. And what the, uh, what I saw from my window was 
I would see one kindergartner just running, running, running across the field, and then they would just grab their chest and like fall to the ground and then crawl a little bit and just stop moving. And then I would see another one do it. And then sometimes they'd go in pairs and just like very dramatic. And then I opened my classroom door to kind of like hear it. And they the sounds were just, they were like, Oh, oh, just very, you know, Academy Award winning performances over here. I'm like, what is happening? Turns out they invented a game called, wait for it, Misery. Five years old, they invented a game called Misery. And all you do is run and then die. We should have saved this episode for Halloween. I don't know. Kids are weird, and that's just the bottom line. Let's get into the next one. Hi there. This is my trophy from my first year teaching. It is always the first year. It's always the first year. I had a first year teacher at my show in Tacoma, this last show that I did, and they asked for some advice, and I said, do not hold yourself to unrealistic standards. You're gonna suck, and that's okay. Let's just be real, okay? Your first year teaching, you're not fantastic, and there's no way you can get good at this profession and without experience. Bottom line, I digress. This is my trophy from my first year teaching. At the time I was teaching Algebra One all day, not only did I have freshmen, but I also had students that were lucky enough to take Algebra One for the second or third time because they were just so good at it. <laughs> gotcha. One of those students that was on round two was obstinate and more than a little difficult to try to reach and connect with. He failed his first two tests and wouldn't really do anything for me at all. Now that's horrifying too because this person says that they're a first year teacher so they're probably like 22 and they're teaching high school. That is horrifying. Fast forward, I hand out our chapter three test. I look at the students and lo and behold, he was actually doing his test. The first two were turned in blank. Not only that, but it looked like he was putting forth an actual effort. I was so excited and felt like I would actually made a breakthrough here. Here I am, my first year teacher, and I am making a difference. So after a while, the students abruptly put his head down and just sat there sleeping. I thought that this was a little odd. But, you know, so were the circumstances. The bell rang and the kid stand up, walks to my desk, while at the same time laughing to himself, he walked over, slammed his test down, turned and walked out. I looked at the test immediately and knew that something was up. The test was 30 questions and almost every single row had something bubbled in. Between that and his laugh, I put on my Sherlock Holmes hat and started sleuthing. I picked up the paper and started looking at it at each different side as I knew that he had done something. The first thing that popped out was the M on top. Then I started to play connect the dots with his test. And to my amazement, this kid bubbled in on his Scantron test, mother fucking bitch ass. No, I never graded it, as I get that question all the time, actually. However, I was proud of his problem-solving skills. He did persevere after realizing that mother would not fit and went to mother instead. Here's a picture. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, for sure. This says mother-fucking-bitch-ass. 
No, this is hilarious too, because you can't tell it. So this teacher sent me two pictures. You cannot tell that it says anything in the first one because the dots aren't connected. The kid just, you know, filled in all the dots. And yes, he erased some letters. But when you turn it sideways and then you connect the dots, it for sure says motherfucking bitch ass. This is art, actually. Actually, I'm not kidding. This is art. I think, okay, you know what? This needs to be on a t-shirt. A Scantron test like this that spells out either motherfucking bitch ass or something else. Um, this is fantastic. I don't think I could be mad at this. However, I will say this is why I don't teach high school because of the fact that I would just sit there laughing and not do anything about this. Thank you for writing this one in. Also, thank you for writing this like Nicholas Sparks. I love when you guys go into detail. Keep that up. Okay, this next one's really funny too. This teacher didn't even write anything. She just sent me an email and she said, for context, I teach fourth grade. And she sent me a series of pictures. The first one is a note that they wrote her. It says, Dear Miss Crabbell, you are the best teacher ever. Also, you are so funny and so kind. P.S. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. The next picture was a um, math problem, and it says, construct a table showing a total number of cans of food that Ryan's family donated after one, two, three, four, and five weekends. This student literally drew a picture of a kitchen table with cans on top of it. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Okay, this one, this one really got me. She goes, hey. So one of my students was presenting to the class about themselves. They were teaching us all about their family, their favorite things, their interests. And this student had four cats and was really enjoying telling us stories about the cats. And I was tired, so I just let the stories keep rolling. That is a pro tip and a great trick that all teachers need to go. When you need to stall for time, just let them share about themselves forever. Like, they, kids are selfish, and they should be, so just let them go. And it is, the things that will come out of their mouth are unbelievable. These stories really started to get my attention when the kids said, well, I'm not sure how this one happened, but one time I accidentally stuck my finger in one of my cat's buttholes. <laughs> Never have I ever laughed so hard. <laughs> Sorry. Never have I ever laughed so hard with my class. The student also found out that it was extremely funny once they realized that they had just shared this with the class. (laughs) That's amazing. Teaching over Zoom in kindergarten was really tricky too, by the way, because when I was teaching the kids, they would just love to bring their, their pets into the screen. The dogs were mainly fine, but the cats... Cats will just walk on the computer and look at the kid in their face. So I'm teaching to just a cat's butthole that's prominent and right in the computer screen. It was just, it was just there. And it was a moment that we all just (laughs) shared together. Oh, God, this one really got me. This one really, really got me. Um, She attached a picture. Kids are just so honest. Like, if you ever want to know the truth, ask a kid. Just ask them. They're just so, like, one time I walked into class and I had this, like, huge zit on my head. And they were like, what happened to your face? Are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. I'm just breaking out due to stress. That's most likely from you, but calm down. 
Okay, so apparently they were working on a gratitude journal in this class. And this student wrote, this is so great. This student wrote, I am grateful for the all right sound of our band. I'm sure it will eventually sound better. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe. (laughs) I am so sorry. I just need to be honest for a second. Elementary school, like bands and choirs and all that, it's painful. It is hard. Especially when I taught fifth grade and they all were learning the recorder and had to have a recorder concert. Oh my God. I wanted to stick knitting needles into my ears. Like, it, it's bad. It's not good. It's not good. Okay, music teachers, you guys need a drink. I don't know how you do it. And also, I don't know how you fake it to make these kids think that they're actually good at this. Because Holy shit. It's terrible. I'll walk past the music room and the recorders will be going off. And I'm like, okay, no one's on the same key. I'm pretty sure they're trying to play My Heart Will Go On in the rendition of throwing forks down a staircase. Like, it's just so painfully not accurate. Oh, good God. Bless your sweet little biscuit heart. Yo, wanted to stop and say thank you to all the Patreon fans too, by the way. Patreon is how we keep the podcast going and you get some cool perks and tricks and tips and things. If you want to come to the Nashville show, tickets for the Nashville show will be available to Patreon members first and foremost. Another Patreon perk is I say hello to you when you sign up. So hello to our newest Patreon members, Mary Elias, Sarah Sheridan, Amanda Ashlock, Caitlin Strandard, Jenna Reed, and Kayla Nelson. Thank you guys so much for becoming Patreon fans. Again, you can become a Patreon fan too at patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. That's patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. Become a Patreon, support the podcast, and thank you very much. Hey, you guys, I hope you had a good laugh in this week. Remember, you deserve to laugh, so make some time for yourself and make some time for some giggles. Can't wait to see you guys on the road. We'll see you in a couple weeks in San Diego. Ego. Can't wait to see ya. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye.